Welcome back, friends. You're listening to Parenting for the Culture on the Black Love Podcast Network. And I am your host, Cherie Sims, PBS Early Learning Champion, teacher and educator in California, mama to six beautiful heavens, ages 13, 11, 10, 7, 4, and 4, soon to be 5, um, and five girls and one boy. I think you all know that, but yes, five girls and one boy, and the boy came with a girl. That's how we do it over here in The Sims House. As always, I like to start with the peak and pit of my day. This is something that I do with my family every day, usually at the dinner table. Uh, It's the best part of our day and the worst part of our day and just allows us to connect with each other and be able to find out what's going on in everyone's life. Uh, More than me being able to share with them, though, this is my way of trying to like be slick and find out what's happening in their lives and their world at school when they're away from me in a way where I can still responsibly parent and know what's going on. If you are a regular listener, I hope this is something that you guys have adopted. Let me know how it's going. And if you are just coming in for one of the first times, I invite you to start doing this with your family. And if dinner time doesn't work for you, you can do it in the morning time on your way to school or on your way to work, however you want. But it's an easy, easy way to connect with your family and get insight into them so you're able to parent in a way that you want to. And today, honestly, the pit, I don't have a pit today. So the pit is the worst part of your day. I don't have a pit for today, which is a great thing. And I actually have two peaks. So the first peak, and it's going to sound silly, but some of y'all are really going to feel me and be like, yes, that's a win. That's a peak. But my first peak is that my husband threw away an old pair of underwear. And that was a win because my husband will hold on to clothes until they just stop holding on to him. Uh, But the real peak of my day is that my goddaughter, who I love and adore, I actually named my second daughter after her, was living in South Carolina and she had a baby six months ago. And she and her baby and her partner recently moved to Los Angeles, which is where I am. And she came over and she brought my grand god baby My husband said I can't say that, that I can't try to call myself a grandma before I'm a grandma. But I'm a godmom and he's my grand godson. So I'm claiming it. They came over to the house and he is the cutest, squishiest baby you will ever meet. And you will just want to eat him up. Everybody in the house like wants another baby, but doesn't want another baby. Not me. Do not get confused. I am not having any more children. I do not want another child. I love my kids. And I think we're good. I think ending with twins is a great way to go. But everybody still loves the feel of babies, right? (laughs) And my son is like begging for a brother. So this is perfect because now he has a baby brother-ish who can come over all the time. And it is like by far the peak of my year. I'm just so excited that they're here. And it actually leads me to what I want to talk about today, because when she came over, she did say, you know, I love the podcast, God Mom. I love your Instagram page. But what about us new moms? And I recently went to a mother's retreat and we had a pregnant mom there who said, 
I love all the tips. They said this to like the community of moms that were there. And she said, but what about us pregnant moms? So this episode is for my pregnant mamas, for my new mamas, um, and for anybody that is a part of a community of a pregnant mama or new mama looking to support them. And I also encourage you to go back and listen to previous episodes. We started this year with like my pillars for peaceful parenting And two of the pillars are expectations and awareness. And I really want to talk about expectations and awareness in the realm of pregnancy, postpartum, new baby moms, because I think those are two of the pillars that are most important for us when we're entering our motherhood journey. So I want to start by kind of addressing the question that was asked at this woman's retreat, which was, I'm loving pregnancy And I'm getting ready to have this baby. I'm five months pregnant. What should I expect for postpartum? Right. And I loved the question, one that she was wise enough, vulnerable enough. I don't know. I just love that one. She was at a mother's retreat while she was pregnant with her first baby. I think that is true preparation. And I think that's one of the things that we can really all do in all walks of life. Right. Like if you are a new mom, go get you some new mom friends. Go join a mother's group where you can hear about what's going on so that you don't feel so alone in these experiences that are brand new to you. If you are a new mom or a mom of a toddler, like go get a seasoned mom friend. Every mom should have friends. They should have a balance of friends where they have friends who are going through the same thing as them, where they have friends who have been there, done that, and where they have super seasoned villaged friends, you know, that have grown kids and can really walk you through or keep encouraging you or tell you your mistakes or tell you their mistakes, you know, like whatever it is so that you have a clear what I would say is like expectations. And I think that when we're talking about expectations, the reason why I love this question is even thinking for myself, like I have been pregnant five times. I have had six births. I have had five postpartum experiences and no one pregnancy, birth or postpartum experience was the same. Each of them were very different from one another. And I think that sometimes when it comes to parenting, we are looking for the one tool that we can use when our child throws a tantrum. We are looking for the one tip to help us sleep train our baby. We are looking for the one rule to get our children to listen, right? And we are also looking for the one experience of postpartum uh, period or of pregnancy or of delivery, right? But there are so many different experiences that are had and that can be had. And this goes back to like building your community and talking to people and finding not just your village, but like a community and learning about all these different experiences. Because one of the hardest parts of life really are when our reality doesn't match our expectations. When we think that it's supposed to look a certain way, when we think that it's supposed to feel a certain way, when we think that it's supposed to be this easy, right? And then it it is not that easy. It doesn't look that way. It doesn't feel that way. We end up feeling alone in what we're experiencing. And when we feel alone in what we're experiencing, not only is it lonely and depressing, but it's also, it feels abnormal. Like it makes you feel like it's wrong, 
This isn't what I heard. This isn't what it's supposed to be. I must be doing something wrong. Something must be wrong with me. Something must be wrong with my child. So I think one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself or one of the greatest gifts you can give to another mom that you see is stories and transparency in those stories and those experiences to help them know that like whatever they experience, it most likely is normal. And and even if it is not, quote, right, unquote, at least they know the experience. So they start to know what to look out for. For example, after I had my first daughter, I experienced baby blues, right? Like everything was perfect. I brought home this beautiful new baby. I had a 40 week pregnancy. I had a natural birth. We had everything we needed for her. We had enough diapers and clothes and cribs. And at that time, it was like the iPod that you attach to the swing and it makes ocean noises, right? Like we had everything we needed. My husband had a good job. I had maternity leave. I'm home with my baby. And yet I was like very sad for a portion of it. And it wasn't even right when I brought her home. Right when I brought her home, everything was fine. It was cute. Her cries were the cutest little thing I ever heard. I was so in love and just like it was beautiful. But a few weeks after I started feeling like depressed, I started feeling lonely. Things started feeling dark. And I remember that I would cry to my husband like he might do something very sweet and bring me home flowers just because like, oh, babe, I bought you flowers. You're a beautiful mom. Thank you for having our baby. You know, like do something super sweet. And I'm like, ah, I don't want these flowers. And I remember telling him, like, I don't know what's wrong. I, I have everything that I need. I have everything that I want. I don't know why I'm so sad. And I also remember the feeling of like. Feeling shame and guilt because I felt like I was acting like a spoiled brat. I'm like, here I am with everything that I need, everything that I want, everything that I asked for. And I'm deeply sad. Like what's wrong with me? I'm so ungrateful. And I'm over here worried that like God is disappointed in me. Like God gave me everything I want. And here I am so ungrateful and so disappointed and sad. And it was in part because I didn't know that that was a natural thing that some women experience. And I had told my doctor about it. And my doctor said, oh, you probably have baby blues. And baby blues is different from postpartum depression, right? Baby blues is something that happens about, it can come in about six weeks after you have your baby and it stays for like three to six months. And it is actually just your body regulating its hormones. Like you have just been pregnant with a baby, if you're if you're pregnant or have been pregnant, you know that every time you go to the doctor, they check your hormone levels like your hormone levels change when you are pregnant. Your hormone levels change after you have a baby. Your hormone levels change on a daily every time you nurse your baby, every time you hear your baby cry. Like these are all new sensations, stimulations that you as a person have never had before. And your body is adjusting to these new things. So it's totally normal for you to be sad for a portion of it. Right. And and that is different from postpartum depression, which looks a little more severe. It usually happens sooner. It usually looks like, uh, well, I don't I, even with postpartum depression, I don't want to tell you what it usually looks like. I'm just trying to give you some examples for the sake of understanding the differences. Right. But postpartum depression might feel angry. They might not respond at all to their baby's cries. 
or they might hear the cries and feel like I can't pick them up. I don't know what this is, but I can't pick them up. And when you experience something like that, like especially as a mom, there's a great amount of shame and guilt and what's wrong with me. And I'm a horrible person. Here I am a mother and I don't want to pick up my child, right? Like you start being so down on yourself and judging yourself. And now you don't even want to talk to people because you feel like you're going to be judged because who wants to admit that they don't want to pick up your child? But it's a very normal thing. I've actually had a couple of parents who had come through my preschool who by the time their children were preschool age, they were able to talk about it. But they shared that experience. For the first year of the child's life, dad was the primary caregiver because they couldn't show up in that way. And at that time, they didn't know what it was, so they didn't know to go seek the help. So I'm saying all of this because I want you to know that the experiences look different. For one mom, it might look like you are elated all of the time and you are happy and this is a wonderful, beautiful experience. And for another mom, it might look like I don't want to hold my child. Both moms are having a normal experience. Both moms are having an experience that hundreds and thousands of other moms have had. And this is why it's important to have your community because you get the tips and tools on how to overcome this. You get directed to the right doctors who will help you deal with this or manage it and and be able to readjust. But more than anything, you get the feeling of like, okay, nothing's wrong with me. This is what's supposed to happen. I also want to mention, if, if you don't know, some people know this now, some people are still learning, but studies have shown that it takes three years for a woman's body to balance back chemically and hormonally after having a child. So if you think I had a child six months ago, but I'm still dealing with these different feelings like that's normal. If your child is two years old and you're still struggling, that is normal. But don't struggle in silence and go seek support because it is normal. We're not going to judge you. If you find someone who is judging you, get rid of them. They don't need to be in your community. That is not an indication that something is wrong with you. It's an indication that you went to the wrong person and you need to find the right people who are going to love you up and lift you up and build you up and help you in these times of early motherhood. I also want to talk about a few things that can affect pregnancy, even your birth and your postpartum experience, which is an I think this is obvious and I'm just going to list it. But also when we are in the midst of things and we are in the midst of life, sometimes we forget these simple things, but things that can affect it and make a difference from one pregnancy to another are what your partnership looks like, right? Are you in this alone? Are you in this with somebody who's super supportive? Are you in this with somebody who's not very supportive? That is going to affect the way you experience the whole process. Things like your finances, your stability, your ability to get daycare once the baby's born, that's going to affect your stress levels when you're pregnant. If you feel like you can or can't afford daycare, or if you're worried about what's going to happen to the baby once the baby gets here, who's going to watch it? Are they good? How do I know I can trust them? All of these things are going to affect your experience when you're pregnant. And yes, believe it or not, when you're birthing. I'm absolutely not going to say which child, but one of my children was kind of a surprise pregnancy. And I, in that moment, was not yet ready for another child. And my whole pregnancy was a lot harder. And my birth itself was a lot harder. I remember when it was time to push, 
one of my thoughts was, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. I wasn't even supposed to be having a baby. Like I have to push and I have to work hard and I wasn't even supposed to be here right now. It affects every aspect, these things that happen, right? Like whether or not we were ready for the baby. And I'm saying this for the pillar of awareness. However you're experiencing your pregnancy, your new motherhood, your postpartum experience, I'm just saying to start being aware of the contributors to your situation. Once we're aware, then we're able to move forward and find support or make choices to change our situation. And if our situation, like, let's say you're living in a bedroom of someone else's house and you want your own apartment, right? That might not be a situation that you can change in the moment, but you can be aware that that's affecting your experience. And then you can do things like trying to make that situation as comfortable as it can be with a plan for change. And research and studies have shown that Setting goals, planning for things, even things like vacation, but planning for the move, planning for the change, that actually boosts the brain and makes the person happier than the actual change does. So being aware of what needs to change and then implementing a plan for change can be greatly beneficial for you and can be even more beneficial for you than the actual change can be, right? So awareness is important. I also want you to take into consideration like the things that can help you understanding your needs, understanding who you are. We did a previous episode about like, how do I not lose myself in motherhood? And one of the things that I had said, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to the whole thing because I go into depth on keeping your identity once you enter motherhood. How do you not lose yourself? But one of the things I said is like you either already know how to not lose yourself because you've been doing it your whole life or you have never actually found yourself. And I think that a lot of times we don't spend time really getting to know ourselves and really getting to know our needs. And then we enter this new phase, which is a huge jump, like becoming a mom is not a small thing. And we enter this new phase, really not understanding ourselves and understanding what can help. And another thing that we're not aware of which also affects our expectations for ourselves is our own identity as a mother. You may have lived your whole life knowing that one day you were going to be a mom, knowing that one day you were going to be pregnant. You could have imagined the pregnancy photo shoot and holding your belly and all the warm fuzzies that you see out there, but your identity is still in, I'm going to use myself as an example, uh, your identity is still in, I'm a swimmer. I am an introvert. I am good at artwork. I like photography. None of my identity or none of our identities actually have to do with motherhood until we become a mother. So we are actually in a process of like redefining ourselves. And oftentimes what we do is we redefine ourselves in the image of other mothers and in the expectation of what we think motherhood should look like. And it makes motherhood very hard because if that is not your identity as a mom, you're not living up to your own expectations as a mother while still kind of trying to find yourself as mother. What helps that process is at least understanding yourself as a person, right? Understanding your needs as a person. And so if you are someone that has a need for, I don't know, like if, if you're someone that needs and has, has a strong need for validation and to be seen and valued, if people around you are 
always bringing the baby things in an effort to be helpful, that's not necessarily going to help you as a parent, right? Because you're looking for someone to say like, oh, girl, look at you hold that baby. (laughs) You holding that baby, you feeding that baby, you take such good care of that baby. Instead, everybody's saying, oh, here's another thing for the baby. Here's a bottle. Here's some clothes for the baby. And that can make you start to feel invisible because people are giving attention to the baby. In these cases, If you know this about yourself and you recognize this happening, you don't have to wait for people to recognize you because they're doing the best that they can to help you and support you and love you in the way that they know how. But you can branch out and say, do you think you can do this for me? You can start to request the things that you need. And if it is validation, like obviously it's not comfortable to go to people and be like, hey, can you praise me as a mom? But you can let your partner know this is what you're looking for more than clothes for the baby. There are so many needs that we have as people and we overlook a lot of the needs. And I actually have like a worksheet that lists several different needs that people often have. I'm going to upload that into our Google classroom. I have a podcast, a parenting for the culture podcast club. So I'm going to upload that resource there so that you can go through and try to discover what your needs are so that you have a better understanding. And then you have a platform to be able to meet those needs. Another thing that can really help is having a doula. And in the past, a doula has been something that a lot of people don't know about. Um, A lot of people think that they don't have access to. But as our culture is growing more and more aware of the importance and need for doulas, they do have a lot of programs out there. I know my niece recently uh, was matched up with a doula through a program where the doula was free for her. So There is access out there to doulas and doulas are people who have witnessed several different birthing experiences, pregnancies, postpartum experiences. There are birth doulas and postpartum doulas, people who can come and help you and share those experiences, share wisdom for you and also advocate for you. Right. One of the things that affects our experience is healthcare, the experience in the hospital. So get you a doula, someone who is there to advocate for you, speak up for you, get you what you need, help you recognize what you need. And doulas actually also help the birthing partner, right? So like the partner of the birthing person, doulas will also help educate them and train them in how to best support you. So that's a great thing to want to have, to get, and to utilize, Again, talking to other moms and doulas even help with this, like after you have the baby, putting you into mom groups, putting you into new baby groups, finding new dad groups for your partners, right? Finding groups that are partners of the birthing person so that everybody's having the same experience or understanding and can support in the best way. This next thing is a big thing that moms are asking. It's something that my goddaughter asked me, but in the realm of like, Not how do I get dad to help more, but like baby loves mom. Remember baby's six months old and baby won't let dad do anything. This part I actually think could maybe be a whole episode. So I'm going to save a portion of it for a whole episode. But I do want to speak to this in the realm of expectations because we are talking about awareness. We are talking about expectations in those first few months of having the baby. I want you to be aware of the fact that baby was just physically connected to you and attached to you for nine months, right? They know your voice. They know you literally inside and out. (laughs) Of course, you are going to be their preferred person. And it is going to take time for them to be connected to dad. 
but I don't want to leave you there. Dad or partner, right? Whoever is there with you. The other parent, it is going to take time for them to be connected to them. So here are a couple of things you can do to start that connection process. And these are the only things that I want to leave you with on this subject right now. And then I want you to tap in again so we can go deeper into this. But a couple of things you can do is when dad is spending time with baby and have dad spend time with baby or partner spend time with baby outside of like when the baby needs somebody desperately, because when the baby needs somebody is going to be you, mom is going to be you birthing person like whoever had that baby is going to be you. So outside of times where baby desperately needs somebody let the other partner spend time with that baby and give that partner a shirt of yours. Something that has your smell and your scent so that that baby is going to be more comfortable with this other person for a longer period of time. And vice versa, when you are holding the baby, take the shirt of your partner and have that shirt next to you or have them dry themselves off when they get out the shower with a baby blanket so that their scent is on the baby's things so the baby can become more connected to that partner and take slow steps. But in terms of expectations, expect that it may take a minute for that baby to prefer and be comfortable with the other partner and give it time. So do these little things where they can have their scent, they're hearing their sound, but you're giving them time to adjust. If you have given your partner two minutes with the baby and the baby has not stopped crying in two minutes, like give them a little more time for the baby to get comfortable with them and for the baby to feel like, okay, you can also handle my needs. If you come in and swoop in every two minutes, you are telling your partner, yourself and your baby that nobody else but you can do this. I'm not saying let your baby cry it out for an hour, but I'm saying give it a little more time than two to five minutes for all of you to adjust. And if you need to sit near your partner while your partner holds the baby so baby can feel more comfortable, do things like that. When I started this episode, I thought that I was not going to be able to make it 30 minutes through talking about certain things. And now as I'm talking, I realize there's so much more to touch on when it comes to newborn babies and partnerships and motherhood. So I hope you got a lot of like little nuggets from this episode. And my main goal is to just help you to become more aware what it can look like, what it might look like, what you need to seek out, which is community stories, experiences, and also aware of your own expectations so that you can shift those expectations so that the struggle is not as big. The shame is not as big. And so that, again, you can feel good and confident in getting support in what Ever area you need without judging yourself and telling yourself that you shouldn't need help in this area. We all need help. We need help. So go get it. Go seek it. That's the thing that is going to make these experiences stronger for you. And then come back because like I said, I realize there's so much more to talk about on these areas. And I'd love to break down individual things when it comes to newborn babies and having these babies and how we can address it into our journey into motherhood. So come back for all of that. And if you have a question, because I know some of y'all are new moms, and I know that a lot of y'all are actually people who have not yet had children, but are looking for what to expect. So if you have questions about what to expect, or you have questions about what you're in the midst of, please reach out to me and send me your questions at Sheree Sims on Instagram. Or you can email us at podcasts with an S at blacklove.com. And then remember that your homework is to head over to the podcast club where you can fill out that checklist to find out and better identify what your needs are. So 
do those things, stay connected with me. And I look forward to being back here with you all next week. Peace, everybody.